0: If you have a Bible with you this morning, I want to invite you to open up to Romans chapter 10. All right, that's in the New Testament, kind of after what would be called the Gospels uh, and Acts, kind of right there towards the beginning of the New Testament. Uh, We are going to be looking there in just a moment. So we have been in a series, uh, if this is your first time with us, we've been in a series that we have called To the Ends of the Earth. To the Ends of the Earth. All right, 2020 was a crazy year for most people, and we feel like uh, it is important as a church as we go into 2021 to just kind of pause and take a moment and say, let's let's talk about the things that really define us as a church, right? Like those core values of who we are, the things that are incredibly important. So we spent seven weeks at the beginning of the year talking about prayer and and, and not just kind of prayer necessarily, but we talked about, okay, let's pray first. When something happens, prayer is not a last resort. Prayer is the first place we turn to. And prayer is something we continually do as we go along. And we talked about not just praying prayers that are kind of basic, boring prayers, but, but praying dangerous prayers that would challenge us, that would change us Uh, And and things like that. So we spent seven weeks talking about prayer because we want to be a church that prays. We want to be filled with Christians that pray. That that defines our life. Then we moved into this series called To the Ends of the Earth. uh, And this really has been about missions. If you didn't know this, uh, we're part of a fellowship, the Assemblies of God, and and the Assemblies of God is is incredibly missions-minded. It was started with the idea of we want to be the largest evangelization movement the world's ever seen. And and it really has kind of happened as as our denomination, our fellowship, has continued to move forward with bringing the gospel to the ends of the earth. Uh, And that's what we are as a church. We believe in this. Um, we, we try and take four to five different missions trips a year. Again, when COVID isn't happening and we can actually fly places other than Wisconsin or something. Um, you know. And we, we try and focus on missions. We give to missions. We support missionaries as they are going and doing this. Uh, back on March 14th, Pastor Kyle shared a message where we actually decided uh, we're going to do kind of the missions pledge thing. Uh, we hadn't been doing that, and we said, we want to take pledges and say, this is how much I'm going to give per week or per month or whatever that would look like. We want to sacrifice so that people can hear about Jesus. Uh, but like Pastor Kyle had said during that one, uh, it, it's not an either-or of do we just reach people at the ends of the earth, or do we reach people here in Long Prairie, in Browerville, in Sock Center, in Swanville, Uppsala, Osakis. It's not either-or, it's both. Both is what we are called to do, all right, and and God calls us to reach a certain person or group of people, God calls us to reach the people that really are in close proximity with us, alright, having an impact and making a difference does not happen alone, it only happens when you're in close proximity with others, so the difference is where has God called each person, for some people he has called them uh, to live in China, some people have been called to live in Sweden, Or Florida or Long Prairie, wherever it is that God has you, that is your job. That's your calling, your responsibilities to the people that are around you. All right? Whether they are Chinese because you live in China, or Swedish because you live in Sweden, or they are Floridians because they live in Florida, or, help me out here, Long Prairieites, Long Prairieans, Long Prairieans, citizens of Long Prairie. (laughs) I don't know who decides what you get to call people and where they live, but, okay, whatever we all, wherever you live, that's your responsibility, that's your calling, that's your job, is the people that are around you. Our calling in Acts 1-8 is to this world and everyone in it. And as the body of Christ, we help each other and encourage each other to fulfill that calling, all right? And if we are called outside uh, of our town or state or country, the church should come around you and help you accomplish that. If the person next to you is called to Thailand, then our job and your job is to help them accomplish that, right? Through prayer, through finances, encouragement, support, whatever that would look like. And if you or your neighbor uh, are called to Long Prairie, then, then our job is to help Encourage each other as we reach the people that are around us right here in our town. All right, what are we called to do in those places? Like we're saying, okay, um, you're called to those people. This is all kind of a recap of what we've been talking about. We are called to share the news of what Jesus has done for you and for me and for all of mankind. We share what God has done and is doing in our lives. We share the gospel or or good news as we often refer to it. All right, The, the word gospel in Greek is euangelion. Alright, you means good, and gelion means announcement. Good announcement, that's where we get this idea, good news, gospel, good news. That's why we refer to it that way. Alright, so this phrase would refer, uh, back in the time, you and gelion, to when a king would be enthroned. And you would have heralds, you would have writers that would go through the land, announcing this idea that there is a new king. That is what Ewangelion is. That, that's the, the, the context of that word. Or maybe the king uh, just went to war with a neighboring nation and, and the king won. And he is still on the throne. He is still the king. So that announcement again would be Ewangelion. That would be good news that the king reigns. So the gospel, the good news is that despite what is happening in our world, despite the terrible things that go wrong, Despite the fact that it might look like we are losing the battle of our life, the king is still on the throne. And Jesus is still in command. And he has made a way for all of us to be part of his kingdom. That right there gets me excited. Right? Like, that's, that's what our job is. That is who we are as Christians. It's a heartbeat of Christianity. When I look around me, I, I, I need to have that reassurance at times. Right? Sometimes you turn on the news, and I need to just shut it off and remind myself, Jesus is still on the throne. <laughs> because it may not appear that way. Or something happens in your life or your family's life, and you need to stop and say, Jesus is still on the throne. He is still in control. So our job, our calling, our mission, our responsibility is to proclaim that announcement to this world. To the furthest ends of our world and everywhere between here and there. All right, so if we want to go to the ends of the world, if you're called to go to the ends of the world, it starts by walking out these doors and taking steps into Long Prairie. It's not just the other side. Wherever we go, we should be making an impact. And it doesn't start when you get to that destination. It's kind of like kids that say, When I grow up, I want to be this. And you're like, Well, I'll let you in on a hint. It doesn't just happen overnight. Right? Like any job, anything you do, it is a journey, it's a process. And in the same way as maybe you're called to the ends of the earth, but it's a process and it starts by you walking out these doors and having an impact right where you are at. Alright, so I'm excited. This is our last day in this series. Next week is Easter. Uh, So I I want us just to kind of be ready uh, for God to speak to us in, in a new way today. So can we do this? Can we just kind of stand across the room, if you're able, if you're willing, as we read our passage for today, I want us just to kind of stand up, kind of, all right, get ready for God to speak to us today. So Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. God, we pray this morning, Lord, that you would just challenge us in a new way. Lord, that we would hear your voice and that that we would act on what you are speaking to us today. Not that we would just be hearers of the word, but that we would be doers of the word. So Jesus, just speak to us this morning. We ask that in your name. Amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. All right, have you ever been waiting for someone to give you good news? Or actually, let's just say just news in general, not even good news. Can you think of a time where you were kind of uh, waiting around, waiting for something really important uh maybe life altering to be communicated with you all right maybe you had a job interview and you were waiting to hear back if you got the job all right or, or if you got accepted into a school or something along those lines or maybe you put an offer on a house and you are like waiting like oh man i, I hope i get this house i hope i hope this goes through i hope they don't counter offer and we just get it for this price or maybe you are selling and someone offers on your house and you counter offer and you're like oh i hope this works and or you had a showing, an open house, and people walk through, and, and you're kind of just sitting there in this moment of like, man, I'm just waiting, I'm waiting to hear something. All right? or, or, or maybe you've been in a hospital, and you're waiting for a doctor to come back and to give you news, whether it's, whether it's about you uh, or a loved one, a family member, and, and you're just kind of sitting there waiting. I remember um, back in eighth grade, I, I was getting really sick, we didn't know what was going on brought into the hospital. I'm sitting in the emergency room uh, with my parents. And the doctors come and they take blood tests and and all these different things. And then they left. And we're just sitting there in the ER. And I I just kind of remember that moment, sitting on the edge of the bed, just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And all of a sudden you see kind of your nurse or your doctor come around the corner and come walking back towards your area. And you kind of just are waiting, holding your breath for this. and uh, Thankfully for me, it, it wasn't, Terrible news, that I'm type 1 diabetic is what we found out, all right, and news could have been way worse than that, uh, but I can just think back to that moment of sitting there and waiting for that news, all right, so th- this last year with some of the events that have been happening uh, in our country and specifically in our state uh, with, with George Floyd, I spent some time learning about things that I hadn't really known about previously, all right, in June there is a holiday called Juneteenth, has anybody ever heard of this holiday? See, yeah, not really a whole lot. So, so Juneteenth, I hadn't heard of it. I hadn't really been taught this, anything like that. I didn't know much about it. All right, on New Year's Eve in 1862, African Americans across the U.S. were waiting anxiously because the next day Abraham Lincoln was supposed to sign the Emancipation Proclamation. All right, I think most of us have probably heard uh, of that, of that document and what happened. All right, so January first, New Year's Day, 1863. Abraham Lincoln does just that. He signs it, and this uh, was, gr- was great news, amazing news, life-altering news for African Americans who had been living their lives uh, being told that they were someone else's property. All right, so this, this is life-altering news that they get. So this was New Year's Day, January 1st, 1863. Now, not everybody heard about this great news, though. Uh, news did not travel as fast back then as it does now. If something like this happened nowadays, I think we'd get a notification on our phone that would pop up or, or somehow you would hear about it like almost instantly. And back then, news did not travel as fast. Uh, some people didn't hear it right away because it took longer. Uh, but that wasn't the only reason. Some, uh, some slave owners purposely did not tell their slaves about this news and they kept it from them. Uh, One of the thoughts, there's an area in Texas that didn't hear about it a long time, and they said there was someone that was sent to kind of tell this news, and that person might have even been murdered along the way. Uh, There was, you know, at this point, Robert E. Lee had not surrendered yet, uh, and so that was still happening. There was still a fight going on, even though this had kind of been made, uh, put into law by, by Abraham Lincoln. All right, now, no matter how it happened, there were people specifically in Texas who hadn't heard this news. This amazing news that they were free. And it wasn't until Major General Gordon Granger came to Texas with 2,000 troops and made the announcement. And that happened, all right, remember this announcement was on January 1st, 1863. Major General Granger came and announced it on June 19th, 1865. Two and a half years later. Two and a half years later. This amazing news, life-altering news, took two and a half years to reach them. All right, now, here's the thing. I'm sure in that time, in two and a half years, that there were probably many people in slavery that died. That technically they they should have been free, but they still were living in that, and, and they died. All right, it was not good news to them because they didn't get to experience the freedom that was rightfully theirs. The gospel, the news about Jesus about what he did and how it changes our life for eternity, uh, it is only good news if it reaches people in time. It's not good news if you pass away and you never heard about what Jesus did for you. It is only good news if it reaches people in time. All right, and that is true for people on the other side of the world, like we've been talking about in this series, but it is also true for the people on the other side of our street that are not living in the freedom That Jesus has given them. Maybe they have heard it. Maybe they didn't understand it. Maybe they didn't accept it. Whatever it is, this is not necessarily good news for them if they are not living in that. All right, so Romans 10 lays out some of this idea for us. I want us to read through this again. Starting in verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All right, so we see right there, this applies, this good news applies to everyone. Anyone who wants to can walk in this freedom. Then this passage goes on to lay out this whole process of how that happens. Because we know right now that not everyone is living in this freedom. Not everyone is living in this salvation, in this grace. All right, so we see this process, verse 14, it says, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So this is an entire process that we see here. Right, we have the grace that we are given by Jesus that we can live in this salvation in this new life that he has for us. And that grace is from calling on him. When we call on him, we receive that grace. And we call on him because we've believed in him. And we believe in him because we've heard about him. We've heard about him because someone told us about him. And someone told us about him because they were sent. All right, we want people to find the grace of Jesus. We want people to find the freedom that he gave us. Uh, But to get to them, to this place, it, it takes steps it really does. And this path isn't always a straight, easy path from one thing right to the next. All right, more often than not, it looks more like a maze. You're walking down this, you're walking, and all of a sudden you hit a dead end, and you kind of retrace your steps, and you go back, and you go to another one, you try another path, you might hit a dead end, because all of a sudden they, they struggle with, well, ah, oh, man, I, I want to believe in God, but how is there so much destruction in the world? How can, how can there be so much evil and, and, and terrible things? And, and then they kind of walk through that, and then they kind of keep going down a path. All right, and it looks like this maze as people deal with the doubts and the fears and the struggles that they have. All right, and we need to walk with somebody the same way someone probably walked with us. So when I think of a maze, just like a little kid, I think we need to kind of start at the end and work our way back. And you'll never learn that trick in school. All right, you start at the end of the maze because you run into a lot less dead ends. All right, don't start at the start. That's, nah, that's a rookie move. Start at the finish. So what I want to do this morning, when we look at this, let's work our way backwards. I mean, obviously this is pretty simple here, but it starts with someone being sent. It starts with someone being sent. We always want to to start our mind with the idea, I want to see this person find Jesus. I want to see their life changed. And you're like, great, but you can't just start right there. It starts with, okay, someone has to be sent. And then when that person is sent, then they tell them about what Jesus has done for them, what Jesus has done in their own life as well. All right, then after you tell them, now they've heard about it, but they might not believe. You might hit a dead end, and it might take some extra patience and love and walking through some doubt that somebody has. All right, and that's completely fine. I would actually argue that sometimes that's good. There are times where I've been leery of someone that just wholeheartedly jumps in right off the bat. Yeah, I'm in. I'm good. Let's do this. Sometimes God works in someone's heart and that happens. But lots of times, you jump into this too quickly. You build your foundation on sand and pretty soon the first storm comes. And everything that they thought they believed about God because they had an emotional moment at a church service comes crashing down around them and they no longer believe in any of this because well and then someone else tries to tell them about it no i tried that already it didn't work it's like no you you didn't try it you <sighs> it's okay that people have doubts that is a good thing that wrestling with questions leads you to a stronger faith i don't ever get mad or frustrated when someone wants to ask questions or they doubt something keep walking with them and hopefully then they come to a place where they believe and when they believe, then that they call on the name of Jesus, and they can experience that life-changing good news of the gift of grace. That's what we want to see. During this series, we've been singing that last song we sang today, the "World Needs Jesus." We hadn't sang that song before, and I, I don't know, you know, we might just do it during this series, but it just was so perfect. Our world needs Jesus. But I love how it talks about us just being that light, walking through bringing Jesus to people. Now this all sounds great and easy, but if it's so easy and intuitive, why is this not happening more? Why don't we see this nonstop around us in the world? I want to share some statistics with you this morning uh, that I think will shed a little bit of light uh, on this. For So did you know that when you type something into Google, that Google keeps track of that? right, like I know, big shocker, all right, big brother, like, when you type in a word into Google, any one of us, like, Google keeps track of all those things, okay, now, the word church gets Googled at different times, people type it in and they're looking for a church, they're looking for something to happen, all right, but I found this, that the word church is Googled more the week leading up to Easter than any other time of the year, the word church. This week that we are starting right now, the word church will be Googled more this week than any other time of the year. Now here's the thing. People who go to church regularly, probably even most of us in this room, this week you are not going to Google the word church because you know where you're going to church probably. All right, Or I mean, you've already kind of got that figured out. So what this means is that people who do not go to church, who probably don't know Jesus, who are probably not walking this out, are the ones that this week they are interested. They are searching, they are looking for something this week. More than any other time in the year, this week. A study by Barna found that for people who do not go to church, if they were asked to go to church with someone, 82% of them would be somewhat likely to go. 82% of them. All right, other studies have found that around 67% would say yes. All right, statistics are all over the place. I get that. I always try and go with the lowest statistic I can find uh, and just be kind of conservative in that. So 67% would say yes. That is massive. If you invite 10 people this week, six or seven of them would probably say yes. And yet I think so often in our heads, we've like psyched ourselves out being like, Man, I'm going to get rejected over and over and over. This is going to be a middle school dance all over again. Everyone just keeps saying no to me. I feel terrible about myself. You know what? 67%. Now, despite that, 7 out of 10 non-churchgoers have never been invited to church ever. 7 out of 10. People that don't, don't go to church Seven out of ten of them have never been invited to church. Sometimes I think we just assume that everybody has been invited to church. And if they aren't at church, it's because they've said no when they don't want to be there. Have you ever said no for somebody else? Instead of asking them a question in your head, you're like, eh, they're probably going to say no anyways. And we don't even give them the chance to say No. I think for some of these people, they they may not have any Christians in their life. Maybe you can think of somebody right now who doesn't go to church. And you are in their life. And the reality is, you might be the only Christian in their life. And they may have never been invited to church. So if you don't do it as the only Christian in their life, they're going to continue to be part of this 7 out of 10. They're going to end up being a statistic. So why aren't people being invited? Because 95 to 97% of Christians think that being a witness about Jesus is important. If we polled the church this morning and said, is it important for us to talk about Jesus to other people? 95 to 97% of us would probably say yes, and the, the 3 to 5% probably just didn't hear me correctly. And they're like, I don't know, he's probably asking me to serve in the nursery. I'm saying no. All right, like this this is important. Like I think people agree on that. They see this. But unfortunately, and this statistic is the one that breaks my heart. In a typical year, only 2% of church people invite a non-church goer to church. See so you have 95 to 97% say this is important. We should do this. And yet 2% are the ones that are walking this out. And we could come up with all sorts of reasons as to why that is. We could come up and say, oh, you know, I don't have any people in my life that aren't Christians. All right, like Let me tell you, as a pastor, sometimes that's difficult. Because I go home, and my family are Christians. And I go to work, and my coworkers are Christians. They are pastors. And I go to church on the weekend, and the friends that I make Our Christians, like there are times where we have to intentionally put ourselves in a place where we are going to be rubbing shoulders with people that need to hear about Jesus. When I was in Duluth, uh, I joined a a men's soccer league. Um, And there's a lot of college guys from kind of, uh, you have Scholastica, UMD, University of Wisconsin Superior across the bridge. Uh, And I started a team because I was coaching in the high school and I had some high school players, some college players, some guys from around town. And I'll tell you what, my goal was to get around people that didn't know Jesus, and I succeeded. All right, my team had the worst mouths out of any team in the league. All right, it was, it was like I put a team of sailors together, and you know, I'd have some guys that show up at halftime, like, Where have you been? Oh, nowhere, and you're like, okay, yep, I know where you've been. I can smell it on you, and you aren't running a straight line when you're supposed to run down the field, okay, buddy? Like, You know, like, this was the team that we had, and I loved it. I loved that I was there with people, that I could be there for them. All of them knew I was a pastor, all right? I didn't have to wear a shirt that said something about Jesus on it. They knew I was a pastor, and when things were going wrong in their life, they would come to me, and they would talk, and we could sit down and we can have a conversation worship team you guys could come our calling is to the people that are around us if you're here then most likely you live in the area i know we have some people visiting from out of the area but whatever it is i want us to think about what is what is your area today Alright, I think most of us right here, this this town, Long Prairie, Browerville, Swanville, this area, Round Prairie, whatever it is, this this is our mission field. right. The people you work with. The people who live in the houses that are next to yours. The people who use the same bank as you. The people that work at the bank when you go there. I like, be intentional in this. I've started where, when I go to Coburns, I try and look for the same cashier every single time. Does't matter if there's 10 people in, in that line and two people in another one. I'm like, I'm going to stand in this line because I'm building a relationship with that person. And I want to begin to just speak to them. I want to to get to know them a little bit better in the 30-second, one-minute exchange that I have. And I've been getting to know different people at Coburn's that way. You know, when we've lived in other towns, like the bank that we bank at, I get to know the tellers. All right, when you walk into a store, try and go to the same person. Build a relationship. Be intentional with this. When we walk out of here, this this idea that this is our mission field, I think the last few weeks we've been talking about the ends of the earth, and I think some people have checked out because they're just like, that's not me, I'm not going there, I'm not not flying to China, I'm not going to Sweden, I'm not doing this, I'm living here, I was born here, I'm going to die here. That's great, you still have a mission field. You still have a mission field all around you. Everybody that you come in contact with. The other stat that I came across uh, this last week was this. How does somebody want to hear about God, or how do they want to have this conversation? Right? Someone that doesn't know Jesus. If we ask them, what is the best way for this to happen? I, There were two that were at the bottom. All right, I'll share those first. Any type of tract, all right, the like, little piece of paper that you unfold, or, uh, okay, can I just get on a soapbox, and if I offend you because you've done this, I'm going to be honest, and I don't care in this moment. The, like, $100 bill that has, like, the gospel message on it, and you leave it as a tip, and someone walks over, they're like, this is amazing, I got a $100 bill, and they pick it up, and they're like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, you think they're going to read that and be like, this is better? No, no one's going to say that in that moment. No one's going to say that in that moment. Like, so people... They don't like getting tracks. They also don't like hearing about it from a random person on the street. Those are the two least ways that someone wants to hear about Jesus, talk about God, talk about faith. All right? The main way, the way that people primarily want to do this, is to come from somebody that they are close with. All right, someone that they know and trust. They want to have a casual, one-on-one conversation. That's what they want to have. The people that you're close with. And I think sometimes those are the people that we're the most scared to talk to. Because you're like, I'm going to have to see them time and time again. What if they don't like what I have to say and I have to keep working next to them? What if they don't like what I have to say and I have to keep living next to them? And pretty soon their dog starts to find their way into my yard when it used to not because they don't like me now. So we get so nervous about talking to the people that we're closest with, but those are the people that wanna hear from us the most. So this morning, I, I wanna take a moment and I, I wanna ask us just, just to, to speak to God this morning. So again, if you're willing and able, <clears throat> let's just stand to our feet across this room. And I want us to ask God this morning for God to give us names For God to give us faces of people that he is calling us to this week. All right, this is the week leading up to Easter. This is the week that people are most open. This is the week that people are looking for something. It it is teed up for us perfectly. This is the week. And people wanna hear from you in a casual conversation. All right, schedule breakfast with somebody, coffee, lunch, hanging out, casual conversation in your yard, whatever, whatever that looks like. So I want us to take time right now and allow God to speak to us. Who does he want you to speak with this week? That, that is the question that we are asking God. God, give me a name, give me faces, whatever it is. And I want us to do this, not just one person. I want us to ask God, God, give me three people. Three people. This could be a family member. It could be a coworker. It could be a neighbor. could be someone that you've just slowly started to build a little bit of a relationship with. Or maybe God's going to give you two people and He's going to say, All right, now I want you to be flexible and ready and open because there's someone else that as you are going about your life this week, I'm going to put them on your heart and I'm going to say, Now, go and do it right now. So I want us just to take some time and I I want us to pray over this. And I think this can be intimidating, but even Saturday, do you realize how easy it is to invite somebody to an Easter egg hunt? We don't do these things because I hope that my kids get Easter eggs. I can go buy Easter eggs and throw them around my yard. And we don't do this so that the kids of our church can have a fun time at Easter time. We really don't. We do this because it's an easy way for us to reach our community. It's an easy way for us to show our community love. It's an easy way for then you to invite somebody to church. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have every answer. You don't have to know the gospel like the back of your hand are just like the friends that built a mat to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus. That's all they did. They didn't have to heal him, they built a mat. They put him on the mat, they brought him to Jesus. All right, Saturday, Easter egg hunt, that is a mat that we have built to get people closer to Jesus. So let's just take the next few moments here. Spend time in prayer. And I want you, I want you to say this, okay God, three people. Give me the names, give me the faces. I wanna be obedient. Let's do that now. Most likely this is a prayer that you're gonna need to continue this afternoon, this evening, tomorrow. Maybe right away God gave you three names, gave you three people. That's great. I'm gonna be honest, I cheated. I knew what the sermon was gonna be about today. And I've had a list for like a month of about a dozen people that I'm like, God, I'm, I'm going to invite them. All right, I'm going to schedule a haircut this week, and I'm going to invite my barber. And I'm going to go to Coburn's this week, and I'm going to invite that person. And I'm going to go this way, and I'm going to invite this person. But most likely, this might be something you have to kind of keep praying and working through, all right? Now, I want this to be understood this morning, right now. This is a commissioning service. Alright, this is, this is not a church service, this is a commissioning service. What that means is this, we are being commissioned, we are being sent. Alright, think back to that step. Right now we are at this spot, every person in this room, consider yourself sent. Consider yourself sent. Our job is to go and tell them the good news. and We tell them in a way that they can believe and accept it, and, Sometimes that means telling them more than once and changing how we talk about it, different ways, different things like that, all right? We know that we have truth, but having truth isn't always enough, all right? Like the, there's times where, where with that, truth is skewed in our world and we can't just bang a drum and say, I have truth, you have to listen to me. We have to communicate it in a way that people will believe, all right, in, in sort of in a way, the burden of proof is kind of on us. Now we know that we we don't need to prove God's existence. This takes faith. All right, but I think sometimes, sometimes we just get lazy in our delivery. Instead of saying, how can I really make someone believe this? How can I really speak to them in a way that they feel God's love coming through that conversation? Instead, we get lazy and say, well, I said it. They didn't accept it. I'm gonna shake the dust off my feet and that is what it is we got to be desperate to to see people find Jesus. All right, we have these cards on your seat. These are not for you. I mean, they are for you to take, but they aren't for you as a reminder. All right, if you don't remember that Easter is next week, I'm sorry, I don't, this card's not going to help you. All right, there's other things going on. April 4th, it has just a simple little card. We have one on your seat, but my challenge is to actually grab two more. Take three of them with you. If you own a business and you want to take some and put them out at reception, something like that, go for it. You want to get zealous and go more than three, love it. Go for it. All right, but take these, put them in your pocket, bring them with you this week. We have an opportunity this week. So I want to ask this as we are praying, how many of us in the room uh, feel like you actually have three people? Like, God gave you three people. This isn't a who's better, who heard God's voice. This is a, man, I, I'm really curious to see, like, has God already been working in your heart? We're like, when, when I put this question, this wasn't the first time you thought about this, and God's probably already been working on, on you and, and, and gave you names. How many in the room, you have three people, you're like, all right, I'm going this week. I'm sent, and I'm doing this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah that's awesome. How many people have at least one? Yeah, man, that's amazing. God, I pray that this week, Lord, that right now that you would go ahead of us. God, that this is not in our own wisdom, and our own skill, that this is in your leading, that you would create divine appointments right now. God, the people that you've placed on our hearts, the names, the faces that you've given us, Jesus, that right now you would begin to work on their heart. Holy Spirit, that you would just surround them, that you would make them, uh, just not make them, but you would just begin to soften their heart, put them in a place where they are ready. God, so that when we come and when when we speak to them, that, that they're already ready. God, I pray that you would give us the courage, Lord, for those of us in the room right now that we are terrified of how this is going to happen, of how this is going to work, of how we're even going to find the words to say. We don't even know where to begin. God, your word says, don't worry about what we have to say, that you will give us the words in that moment. So Jesus, we just pray for, for courage, for strength. God, we pray that you would put people in our path this week, that you would just orchestrate all of this. God, and that people would find you, that lives would be changed because of it. That it truly would be good news because it reaches them in time. Last thing before we go. Maybe you're in the room today and you feel like this good news that we're talking about, this idea of living in the freedom of Jesus, is not something that you are currently doing. That this is new to you. And this morning you want to take that step. You say, hey, I believe. I want to take the next step. I want to call on his name. If that's you this morning and you're here with nobody looking around, anything like that, I just want you to slip your hand up. I want to, I wanna, I'd love to pray with you, to talk with you afterwards. But right now this morning, you want to say, hey, I'm here, I believe. I want to call on Jesus' name. If that's you, can you put your hand up? We always give this opportunity, because it's the most important step. Maybe someone's already there and they walk through the doors and we fail to even give them an opportunity to call on Jesus' name. All right, let's do this. Let's close this morning in prayer. And I want you right now, I want you to be thinking and praying in your own head for the people that God has put on your heart. All right, if you want to this morning, you want to grab that card and just kind of put it in your hands right now, symbolically, just thinking about that person, thinking about their face, their name, where you're going to see them this week. And just right now, we are going to claim, God, that you give us these opportunities. Lord, that you would just right now give us favor this week. Jesus, the people that have been living their life, Lord, in bondage, in slavery to sin, Jesus, that this good news would reach them this week, that they would hear it, that they would believe it, and that they would call on your name. God, we pray over Saturday, over the Easter egg hunt. Jesus, not just that we have a fun time with kids, but that that would be a catalyst where lives are changed. God, that that would be the first step in the conversation someone even just walking onto the property of a church, walking through the front doors of a church might be a massive step for them. Jesus, we just pray, Lord, that we would take this responsibility, this charge, this missions that you have given us to go to the ends of the earth, but to also go to our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria. God, and that we would reach out to the people around us, have an influence on them. Lord, we ask this this morning in your name. Amen.